listening to the Ladylike Podcast. Ladylike is the show where funny women tell disgusting stories. I'm your host, Jenna Gephardt. Our live story comes from Madeline Horvath, and Madeline talked about getting supremely constipated after a surgery. This week, I called Liz Greenwood in Chicago, and she told me about all the gross things that have happened to her while she was doing long-distance running. Here's Liz Greenwood. So I guess the story I was thinking about telling today um, came up because yesterday I was having a conversation with my boyfriend about how um, gross things happen while you're running. And so this is like a story of gross running stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> so no, there are a lot, but this is like, I guess this didn't have to necessarily even be during running, but um I used to do a lot of distance running, and so I've had all the sort of traditional gross distance running things happen, like losing toenails or, like, <laughs> bloody nipples and stuff. But um, Wow, you've, I've was, always heard about the nipple thing, but I've never met anyone that had it happen. Yeah, so it's, like, it's more common if you don't wear a sports bra because it's, like, there's more chafing, but I've also worn a sports bra that was too loose, and... Um, had that happen but the other thing that I use for that is they actually make like a lube stick called body glide that you like can (laughs) rub on any part of your body that's gonna shave and so I don't get it now that I have body glide um for running do you you just lube up the whole body or do you just specific areas just specific areas so like the parts that are gonna shave so for me it's like that my inner thighs which are gonna rub together if it's any sort of long distance and then I get a lot of chafing where my sports bra hits my chest. So, like, I'll lube up, like, the shape of a sports bra before I put it on. <laughs> and usually that, that does the trick. But if I forget, I'll end up with, like, a gross chafe spot. Um, but so, like, and then another thing that's really gross that I learned is if you have a sunburn and get really sweaty, you get these, like, blisters under your sunburn because the sweat can't go through your burned skin oh god (laughs) yeah that's maybe the grossest thing that's happened to me running is like getting back and realizing there's just all this sweat trapped under my sunburn oh that ew (laughs) yeah um okay but the story I wanted to tell was not that although that's horrifying um (laughs) It's, uh, one time I, so I usually run in the city and, um, one summer when I was living in Boston, I had this idea that I should like run in the woods instead of always in the city. So I drove out to like this nature preserve or whatever and decided I was going to do like a run on a trail. Um, but I didn't really know anything about trail running and I wasn't prepared at all so I um end up running it's like a six mile loop so I'm like maybe halfway done with the loop and I just like trip on a rock or a root or something and I go flying and I land really badly on my one knee and just like slice it completely open like it's just like the most biggest gaping wound I've ever had and there's like blood everywhere but I don't I'm not prepared at all like I didn't have anything to deal with a cut or even like a cell phone or anything (laughs) 
So I'm just like, oh, shit, I have to get, like, three miles out of the woods, but I'm just bleeding everywhere. And um, there's nobody out there. Like, I go for, like, a mile, and I run into these two dudes on bikes, and I'm like, hey, guys, do you have, like, a Band-Aid or something? And they were like, oh, that would be a smart thing to bring. And I was like, yeah, turns out it would. Um, So they give me some, like, McDonald's napkins. Okay. Um, So the amount of I'm things, white, the amount of things besides uh, wiping your mouth after eating that McDonald's napkins have been used for is is so vast. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they, I take these like McDonald's napkins, and I'm just like, because like now there's blood like all over my knee, all over my shin. It's like in my sock. It's like staining my shoe, oh my and so I wipe up as much as I can with the McDonald's napkins, but now I'm still bleeding and I'm carrying a bunch of like bloody napkins because I don't want to litter. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I make it, this is like the weirdest part is I make it like out of the woods. It's like three miles out. So I've been like walking on this bloody leg for like three miles and I get to my car and there's this, like, skinny, like, creepy older, like, 60-year-old man leaning on the driver's side door of my car eating a fucking apple. Oh. And I don't know where he came from. I don't know what he's doing in this parking lot. And I'm covered in blood. And he's just like, hey, you got an old Volvo here. I really like these cars. <laughs> And I'm like, I'd like to get in my car now. And he's like, no, I just have a few questions about your car. And he literally, like, won't move from the door until I tell him the history of my car. God. Yeah. And I'm just like, I really like to get home and stop bleeding. Can you move? And he was like, oh, I didn't notice. But, like, this car, though. Oh, a psychopath. How old was he? Um, I'd say, like, older, like, gray-haired, like, 60s. I don't think he was even necessarily trying to be pervy. I think he was just oblivious. Classic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then I get home. I clean it up. But, like, this, so this is, like, before, um now a days when like you could just like take a picture of your wound and text it to your doctor like (laughs) so uh, I had to call them and I was like hi I don't know how to know if I have stitches or if I need stitches um because it's just like it's it's like this big hole in my knee and it's freaking me out and (laughs) The person was like, well, without seeing it, we can't possibly know if you need stitches, but if you cut your knee open in the woods, you probably need a tetanus shot, which was a surprise for me because I thought you only get tetanus from, like, rusty nails. Yeah, I I guess you also get dirt. Dirt has tetanus? Oh, great. Yeah, like, the whole woods is apparently full of tetanus. (laughs) It's teeming with disease. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they were like, yeah, if you cut yourself in the woods, you probably have tetanus and you need to come to the doctor. (laughs) So I, it's like Sunday night. I go in for this emergency tetanus shot, and um, 
they uh, look at the guy looks the doctor looks at like the cut and he's like well you don't need stitches but you do he did put like these adhesive things on it to keep it closed and a band-aid and I um, after he put the adhesive things on he goes really sarcastically he's like another life saved and then he just like leaves the room oh god (laughs) (laughs) and i felt so dumb i'm like yeah okay i mean i guess i could have gotten tetanus though so maybe you did um he's probably just like has all these all these like med school loans and he's a bitter guy yeah, he's like, I'm spending my Sunday putting band-aids on grad <laughs> students. It was, like, the student health center. So he probably mostly dealt with, like, drunk kids and, yeah. like, students doing dumb shit. They do They do be getting in trouble. Yeah. Um, so that's probably, like, the most, like bloody uncomfortable thing that's happened to me on a run um no the the original conversation that brought this up was like uh, I was talking about how I like pee myself when I'm running more often than you would expect (laughs) which is (laughs) wait like like a little bit or like you fully pee your pants I would say a little bit is more common but like I think okay like I was saying how like every time I've done a marathon there's a point like I don't know if this is common or just me, but there's a point when I'm, like, maybe 20-plus miles into running where it's just, like, I can either control my bladder or I can keep running. <laughs> but not both. So, like, that's the point where, like, you just, if you want to keep running, or if I want to keep running, I end up peeing. But I'm usually sweaty enough that it's not, like, blatantly obvious that I've <laughs> pissed myself <laughs> It seems like um, the chafing at that point would be unbearable once you have fully pissed your pants. Yeah, that is the importance of lubing your thighs before you (laughs) do it at all. (laughs) So you can just let your bladder loose. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait, have you, how many, you've run more than one marathon? I've done five marathons. Oh my God. (laughs) Are you okay? What are you running from? (laughs) (laughs) what's going on that's crazy I run two miles and it's a bit much for me honestly (laughs) I got in there I like running I think um I started running because this kid like most things that I've started doing in my life this kid I had a crush on wanted to do a marathon and I was like oh okay sure (laughs) and like not a person I really know anymore, but I um, still run. <laughs> did did the kid do their marathon? Yeah, you both did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you beat him or what happened? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. I'm not super fast of a runner. I think that's the thing is like finishing a marathon like doesn't necessarily mean you finish it quickly. Um. But it's I I, I like challenging myself. I guess it's fun and going to like do, I've always done races in different cities so that's fun oh yeah that would be cool oh I just feel like the whole time I would just be like man I am ready for this to be over <laughs> yeah that's true I think like I did the most recent one I did was Chicago and I think like the first part of the Chicago marathon goes up uh 
the the north side like so in the neighborhood where I was living in Lakeview and so like that part was really fun and like seeing like there like we ran past like an old people's home and they were all waving from their windows and like that (laughs) was really nice um and then I think usually for me somewhere in the like like around the halfway point you're like okay I've already run 13 and I still have to run 13 more and that's where you start like making deals with yourself yeah Yeah. Um, what else do you ever? So is that the only thing is pissing your pants? Nothing else. Nothing else like gives out in your body when you're running marathons. Um, I get. I usually get blisters. Oh. Um. I I'm trying to think of like I. Bladder control is a tough one. I've I've had like not during a marathon, luckily, but like sometimes if I don't like eat properly before a long run I'll get like the shits actually that's like the worst part about running now in COVID versus before is just like knowing that if I do get the shits there's probably not a public bathroom I can tuck into (laughs) because I've never actually shit myself but I feel like now it's like there's not as many options (laughs) (laughs) that's dangerous yeah Wow. Someone was telling me that, like, the, like, the human body, like, I think it was, like, 18 miles or something, like, that was, like, the most, like, your body's, like, supposed to do at one time, so after that, you're, like, you're, like, pushing against, like, your whole body. Is that a thing? Mm -hmm. Is it 18 miles? How far was it? I don't know if it's 18 miles, but they say, like, hitting the wall is usually around, like... 18 to 20 miles I think and I think what that means is like when your body stops being able to use like easily accessible energy I I don't know the exact science there so I probably get it wrong but like there's like whatever like immediate like stores of carbohydrates that you can use to burn for your run gets used up after like about that amount of miles and then you're sort of trying to operate on like more like deeply stored energy I guess and so you you definitely don't feel good anymore but I also I've never done this but I know people who do like 50 mile or 100 mile runs or like will do like an Ironman which is a marathon plus like really long bike and swim and like I think you can train your body to get better at that if you do it a lot like so I don't know, but I think hitting the wall is something that even if you've trained a lot is something that will end up happening and you just get better at dealing with it, I guess. Hmm. I don't I, know. <laughs> <laughs> when I lived in Madison, they would they have an Ironman there every, like, fall, and I was like, who are these people that are, it's such a, oh. Wild. Yeah, I love running, but I don't really know how to swim very well, and I... I'm very uncomfortable on a bike, so I've never been really tempted to do it. <laughs> the swim was the only part I thought I could probably do. It was like it's like a two mile swim, and I was like, I think I could make it two miles. But then after that, I would say, this is all right. I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, we had to do a swim test. I think the last time I've actually swum laps was like we had to do a swim test for college, and 
I got in the pool, like, all confident. I was like, oh, I'm fit. I'll do this really fast. It was just, like, four laps of a pool. And by, like, the third lap, I was like, this sucks. I hate swimming. Oh, my God. I know. I swam laps, in, like, in a lake recently for, like, the first time. And I, it was way harder than I thought it was going to be. And my head yeah. was getting so hot. It's it's not easy. We had a – I got really scared in a stupid way um, at, like, a couple years ago at Disney World – my sister and I were like in the wave pool at Disney World and we were like, let's swim out as far as we can go. And it was, you couldn't like touch the bottom. And when we got out as far as we could go, I was like, I'm going to die in the wave pool at Disney World because I don't <laughs> think I can swim back. And there's going to be a huge wave. <laughs> they would put up like a nice statue of you or like, <laughs> or like a, there would be like a Liz mascot with like a big head. <laughs> <laughs> it would be that like would be wild yeah it would be like a memorial but it would also be like warning the kids not to do what you did <laughs> <laughs> don't swim all the way out yeah. the wave pool <laughs> <laughs> so at our live show we put out slips of paper for the audience to write down their own disgusting ladylike stories and these are some of those stories um okay here we go I got my period while on a five-day whitewater rafting trip through the Grand Canyon. We had to keep making extra mid-rapid stops each day for me to change my tampon behind any rock that was large enough to block me from the rest of the rafting crew. <laughs> that would be a bummer. Yeah. I don't even know. I've never been whitewater rafting. I don't know how hard it is to just, like, stop. You know, I've noticed that any boat is actually really hard to stop. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> they don't have brakes on them, so it's, I bet it would be kind of a nightmare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, everybody figure out how to stop your boat. I have to go behind this rock for a second. <laughs> Although you think if you were, I feel like I would just, it's a water sport, I would just let it go, but. Yeah, that was part of our conversation about the marathon, actually, was like this girl who, she just like free bled through the whole New York marathon because she didn't want to have a tampon in or worry about changing it, and it was really controversial because, like, I guess the photo of her finishing with, like, bloody pants went viral and she was just like, <laughs> whatever, I didn't feel like changing my tampon in the middle of the race. Everyone's like, she's a hero. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're right, though. Like, if I were, like, constantly in the water and I, I, would, I would have to think about, like, how heavy it was going to be, but I could see just being like, it's fine. I have this memory, like, when I was a teenager and I – so I hadn't been having my period that long. I was at, I was in Canada at my my grandma's cabin, and we were like on a boat, and I had cramps so bad, and I didn't have a tampon, so I had to stuff a napkin into my swimming suit, and I was like laying down, and then I was like, didn't I was like, oh my god, I don't feel the na the napkin had fallen out and had blown to the back of the boat. Oh no. <laughs> And, and my mom, like, had to pick it up and was like, oh, I got your little napkin, by the way. <laughs> oh, Don't remember anything else about the whole trip. I do remember that moment where I was like, oh, it's gone. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was like all my uncles and stuff. Like, Oh, man. <laughs> God. Um, okay, this one is kind of, um, I, I have, it's a little, uh, I have some some questions. I don't exactly know what's going on, but... Hopefully we can figure it out. Okay. So it says, someone peed on my leg 
while aiming at a can. He tried to deny it and pass it off as beer, so I made him drink it. So Whoa. I think he was peeing in a can, and then she made him, she was like, if there's not pee in the can, then drink it, and then he drank his own urine? Yeah, okay, so he was trying to pee into a can, it got on her leg, she was like, hey man, you peed on me, and he tried, I, I, that seems like a very obvious lie. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're peeing openly enough to aim at a can, like, I don't see how you can try to say you weren't peeing. I don't know, but men just like, they like to pee into stuff. They like to aim at things. Except yeah. the toilet that they don't really care about aiming into, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. And they don't clean it up. No, I also think men love peeing outside. Sometimes, like, I dated this guy who, like, he would prefer to use the alley. Like, I'd be like, do you want to come in and use my bathroom? And he'd be like, no, I like the alley. <laughs> he likes the fresh air. Yeah. Like, that's not normal. <laughs> Just I actually, honestly, I do, I really do like peeing outside. If I didn't, it's, you're so vulnerable when you're peeing with a vagina outside. Not that I pee with my vagina, I pee with my... Research, I guess, but um, <laughs> but if I wasn't so vulnerable, I think I would like it too. Yeah, I other than peeing myself mid run, as we discussed, I think like the, <laughs> the one time I've peed outdoors, it was like I was really drunk, and my friend was like insisting that he could teach me how to pee without peeing on myself, and I had to like lean, like, I had to like put my hands on a tree and sort of like squat oh yeah um backwards and I definitely did pee all over my shoulders (laughs) it's the worst part is when you when you're on a slight incline and you think it's flat and then you pee and all your this puddle just slowly like hits your shoes and stuff oh (laughs) it's um yeah it's all warm oh it's a lot of work yeah (laughs) um okay I have one more. This one's a, this is a long one. Okay. It, this is a journey. Um, my partner and I were having a romantic dinner we cooked together. We both like spicy things, so we made the meal extra spicy. I'm talking habanero peppers spicy. We ate dinner, and later that night we were starting to get intimate. Uh, they went down on me, and everything was fine for about 30 seconds. Then I, f- <laughs> then I felt a horrible burning sensation. My vagina was on fire. I ran out of the bedroom and into the bathroom to try and rinse off. Our dinner was so spicy that there was still some habanero lingering in my partner's mouth. If you've ever, no. eaten, if you've ever eaten something too spicy, you know that water doesn't help much, which is why my concerned partner found me pouring milk on my vagina when they came to check on me. When the fire was out, so to speak, I handed my partner a toothbrush and toothpaste and told them not to come back to bed until their mouth was pepper-free. Needless to say, it killed the mood for the night, and I forget forever have to live with the fact that I had to put almond milk somewhere it should never be. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's kind of beautiful, actually. Yeah. It's I think about that's love. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a loving story, I think. I, have, I feel like that's like pepper genital contact happens more than I think anybody wants it to. <laughs> yeah. It's rampant. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's never happened to me but i've accidentally used um the peppermint dr bronner's soap on my downstairs before and if it's anything like that i think 
I think it would be bad. <laughs> yeah. I had, um, the, the, the I don't want to, like, tell somebody else's business too much, but, like, I was making guacamole for, like, a family party, and someone was helping me, and they cut the habaneros, and I was, like be sure you wash your hands like very thoroughly after you've handled the habaneros and they didn't and then went to the bathroom and was like okay I did not take your advice and now I'm miserable (laughs) our live story comes from Madeline Horvath Madeline is an artist and a cartoonist for the New Yorker and this was recorded in October of 2018 here's Madeline Horvath Princess Things. 
And so I put one up, and you're supposed to let it swish for 30 minutes. Yeah, swish, swish, dish. Uh, topical and like anime. Um, and so I let it out, and there was nothing that came out. And I used up the entire box, and nothing came out. And finally said, all right, I'm, I'm just sweaty, I'm crying, I'm saying every prayer I know intimate with some swearing, so I was going like, I don't tell it, fuck! And so, truly, uh, so I have these, I put all of them on. It look, I look like an eight-year-old playing with bugles. <laughs> or like a penis, like squid. <laughs> Who's just trying to be responsible. <laughs> and I go up there. This is a representation. I bought a Toblerone to test out, and then I ate it. <laughs> but I go up, and I break it off. And the way it felt break off was like when you kind of snap a sausage, it just snaps. And I had to do that. I would just go up there, and I would just snap it, and let it go down. Flush, because this is a shitty toilet. Something if you plan on moving to Tucson, do your research because all the living spaces are really shitty and the toilets suck. So I had to get, at the same time, a bucket of water and fill in the back so there was enough water pressure to just go in, break it out. This went on. To get from beginning to end. Four and a half hours. That same day, my then 68-year-old dad was running a marathon. And I called my mom. I was like, Ellen, what was dad's time? She's like, he did okay. He did three hours and 48 minutes. Yeah, and I was just like, I had to take a shower. I was exhausted. This was a workout. I then like lie in bed and I talk to people later and they're like, Madeline, you're supposed to go to the hospital for that. But if you've like been in and out of the hospital or urgent care and had surgery, that's the last thing you want to do. You want to take matters into your own hands. Later that year, I decided, like, you know, I'm gonna take a poop. I, I didn't decide that. <laughs> and it was still big enough. It caused what is called an anal fissure, which is a tear in the anus. <laughs> which causes muscle spasms throughout the entire body. And I had to go to the hospital again. I've had two hospital-inducing poop stories. And now I regularly have to get checkups on my butthole. 
and at Northwestern University, there's a good ending to this. Um, at Northwestern University, there is an all-women's non-binary clinic that deals with um, those matters. That is just below the belt, and it's beautiful. The staff are women. The doctors are women. The patients are women. Even receptionists. Everyone. Yeah, it's beautiful. And <laughs> and so I'm in the waiting room, or I'm in the examination room, there's a female doctor, the female intern, the female nurse, and the female me. And I bent over, ass down, they're looking at my ass. And it was, like, amazing, because... <laughs> Like, have you ever had a butt exam just crush the Bechdel test? <laughs> it completely offset Dunkirk. <laughs> I'm like really glad no one brought a camcorder in, but wouldn't be upset because it would have been a milestone in female representation in cinema. <laughs> walking like butts start jiggle some move side side and mine just moves forwards I also have currently a pilonidal cyst which is a cyst that is on your tailbone yeah um, I've had it for a few years and I finally got an exam and the doctor whose children I went to high school with, and they're like, oh yeah, no, he's doing, he was telling me about his kids, while his like, Yale plaque was on the wall. He was like, oh yeah, Matt is, um, he's doing Broadway. <laughs> Luke, he's a chef. And Mia is getting, she's gonna go to med school. I work in a movie theater. <laughs> and he was like, oh yeah, no, this is a thing that happens to men in Mediterranean women. And I'm just waiting for the moment. Because there's that, when you have to get something done and you're just sort of like waiting for it to happen by trying to avoid it. If you get a pilot cyst removed, you can't get it sewed up because it would just break. So you have to lie on your stomach for about two months because they can't start up. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm really excited to <laughs> And that's the stories of my butt. <laughs>